Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trade Show University, where it is my personal mission to help educate you all on the power of using trade shows and events to market your business and build your brand and also raise the bar, raise your expectations and help you get better results. I'm Jim Cermak and it is an absolute honor to have you here listening today. If this is your first time, welcome. Really glad you're here. And if you've been here before, welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for spending some time with me today and my special guest who is Mike Morrison. Mike is the co-host of The Dan and Mike Show, one of the top and most respected podcasts in the trade show event industry. Every week, they give you the, the latest and greatest news in the event space, all the current trends. It is just a fantastic uh, podcast. We'll be talking about that. And we're going to be talking to Mike about the power of podcasting. Should you use podcasting in your own business to build your brand, to build your reputation and who you are and who you serve? It's a, a I obviously believe in the power of podcasting, and Mike does as well. He's going to give his insights. It's going to be a fantastic time. You're really, really going to enjoy our conversation today. Before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about the sponsor of today's episode, and that is TechMatch. TechMatch is a specialized advisory firm that helps event organizers, B2B media, and associations accelerate digital transformation to improve customer value and create sustainable competitive advantage. The Tech Match framework helps customers no matter where they may be in their journey, starting with defining objectives, developing the vision, and creating the roadmap to vendor selection, implementation, creating new digital products and solutions, and executing a go-to-market plan. If that sounds like what you've been looking for, then you have got to visit techmatch.co for more information. We are back. Thank you so much for uh, for sticking with us. This is going to be a fun interview because we have a fellow podcaster, a real veteran in the uh, podcast industry as well as in the trade show and event industry. His name is Mike Morrison, and Mike is the host of the Don and Mike Show podcast, which is a weekly podcast focused on trade shows, events, and experiential marketing issues in today's world. He's also the national sales director for WS Displays, which brings him over 20 years in the trade show display side and five years in the podcast world. And Mike is a member of EDPA, ESCA, IAEE, all the wonderful acronyms and industry associations. He is just a pro and a real uh, gem in this industry. Mike, thank you so much for joining me here on Trade Show University. Say hi to all the listeners out there. 
First of all, thanks for having me on, and I uh, uh, hope your listeners are having a great day. It's it's a good time in our industry right now. Uh, I just got back from Las Vegas uh, last week, um, spent a week out there on client visits, as well as uh, spending some time with, with one of our major new sponsors, uh, Circle uh, Omni, Omni Channel Agency. And, and uh, so right now, it's, it's if you're in the trade show live event experiential side, of things, then uh, you're seeing the major uptick, the, which versus what we had over the last 18 months. So, so now's a good time. Absolutely, it, it seems like the the one well, a couple a couple of issues that are coming up is on on the positive side. Everyone is ramping up. They're getting they're ordering new displays. They're ordering new new pieces, new collateral. They're they're getting ready for these shows, and that means uh, maybe some longer lead times as well as we've seen uh, across many, many different industries is a labor issue and a shortage of staffing and, and being able to get the, get people to ramp up uh, at a lot of these companies. What are you seeing out there right now as far as uh, lead times and things like that? If there is a downside, quote unquote, to what we are seeing right now, you just hit it pretty much dead on the head. Um, the, 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 you know, we're, we're seeing companies that are setting pre-pandemic records in sales because of the surge and the comeback. However, um, you're exactly, there's about four major points uh, that, that have been brought to my attention, both in my world and by uh, colleagues and, and even competitors, but uh, people in our industry. And then just outside of our industry as well, WS does a lot in retail. So there's a, a retail factor uh, in this. And, and those questions and statements that keep coming up over and over again center on, first of all, labor. People are going to job fairs, spending five to eight hours there and getting one application. So, you know, complete oh. waste of time uh, in that situation. They're not able to find talent at the, uh, at the pricing or the, 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 uh, the, the pay, the compensation and benefit package that they're putting out there is just not attractive for whatever reason. Uh, plus, as we all know, government is paying people. Some people stay home still, and uh, in some markets, and 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 that's a that's that's a problem. So, uh, so the labor situation is a problem. The uh, obviously, since the Suez Canal issue took place, and just the revamp and and need for offshore shipping for containers, that's been a problem with lead time with support mm -hmm. materials. Even if you're not bringing a finished product or a complete product from offshore. You're most likely bringing in parts and pieces to make product, uh, which is a problem because there's labor shortages on the docks. You can't get everything unloaded and, and shipped to people on time. Uh, so supply and demand is, is definitely a, a concern. Um, lead times with, with the labor situation being as it is, uh, hard to find labor. It means you can't get stuff made at the same time frame that uh, was happening pre-2020. And Lord knows in the trade show live event industry, if there's a display involved, there is no such thing as lead time. <laughs> Every, everything is thrown at you uh, at a 90 mile per hour curveball, um, and with emphasis on the word curve. Um, you know, I, I need this, but I need it this, 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 this way, and I need it yesterday to complicate matters even more. So with uh, what I call skinnied up labor forces, that, that's a big challenge right now. So there's a lot of things that are hindering the uh, the happiness that we should be feeling right yeah, now yeah. in this revamp. 
because of these conditions. Will they iron out? I think I think they will. Uh, but let's face it, we're trying to cram a year's worth of shows into six months. That's coming up for the rest of our calendar. And that means people are trying to, even though we might be able to get back to a regular calendar in 2022, which is what's projected, uh, the rest of 2021 seems to have a full dance card as well. So it's an interesting time for sure. And uh, it's an interesting challenge that we all face. Yes, yes. Uh, and I've, I've seen, we're seeing that all over. But like you said, behind all of it is positivity. It's growth. It's getting back live, which is fantastic. Well, let's, let's, let's try to keep the happiness level up here for the, for the rest of the interview. And, and let's talk, I want you to tell us, tell everybody, especially those who are not familiar with the Don and Mike show, tell us about your podcast, which is, if anyone after today, you've got to go and check out the, that podcast. It is a tremendous resource for anything you want to know what is, what is new and exciting and upcoming in the industry. But uh, Mike, give us, give us a, a little bit of uh, info on how it got started and where you are today. Well, if you got enough time or not, I'll try to give you a reader's digest on it. <laughs> uh, basically, this uh, two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, actually, uh, we celebrated our fifth anniversary of the show. It started, uh, I remember exactly where it started. It started July the 7th of 2017 while I was attending the ESCA Summer Educational Conference in Vail, Colorado. Uh, while I was there, um, and something, it didn't start right then, but uh, I'd been having thoughts and preempting that. Uh, and I would, it would suffice for me to say that before I came into this industry 21 years ago, uh, I have I did have a background and a college education with a major in broadcast emphasis communications. So I was in radio many years before coming into this industry, um, mainly in the southeast Georgia marketplace that would be savannah georgia if people are checking their geography out uh i graduated georgia southern university uh in 94 before relocating to atlanta and throughout that time i was uh, before during and after college i spent time in radio so uh mom always said faceful radio and, and that's what i have <laughs> um so i after coming here uh and serving a number of years uh, at that point 17 years uh in the industry uh, I, I started questioning, you know, is, is it time to come up with a, a podcast, which were, as you know, at that time, podcasts were beginning to surface, uh, you know, the, the Spotify's, the iTunes, the Google Plays, the, all of the formats and uh, platforms, if you will, uh, that host podcasts were beginning to birth themselves and beginning to grow. Uh, people wanted to move away from the commercialism of, of, of what is out there uh, for, for information and technology was racing up to catch up with that. So I recognized that. I had all the equipment that I had from a low power broadcast business that I had when I moved to Atlanta, but also all my years in radio uh, and, and mixing boards and, and all of the, uh, and the like. So I, I sat down and said, okay, this is what I wanna do. I wanna do a podcast. Uh, those three categories, trade show, ex, uh, events, live events, and experiential is, is what made sense for me. Um, the question was, what was the vehicle going to be uh, to move this forward? I knew that our publications in our industry were probably, as we know, there's, there's two major, there's actually several major ones. There's TSNN, there's a trade show executive, there's, there's many good, great, uh, really great publications out there, two that I were very, was very familiar with, with the, was Exhibitor Magazine. And of course, uh, Exhibit City News. 
And at the end of the day, I knew Don uh, Savela, who's my co-host and is what I would call, quote unquote, the vehicle for the Don and Mike show, has been now for five years. And uh, it really started with an email. I just simply emailed Don. I said, hey, man, what's up? Hope you're doing well. Thinking about starting a podcast. Uh, what do you think? You know, and, and I'll be honest with you. I'm not a pessimist, but I am a realist. Uh, I knew that there was a real good chance that that email would be responded or not, first of all, not be responded at all, but basically responded with, man, I'm just too busy. I got a publication here that I got to run. And uh, uh, surprisingly, he, he, he replied back within minutes and said, let's do it. Right. I mean, without any kind of planning, without any kind of, and, and to, to speed up to today, we've done 342 some odd tracks. Uh, and that's not shows, but that's interviews combined with uh, final editing of the show versus the interview tracks themselves. But we've done a show every single week, uh, and in some cases, two shows a week since July 7th, 2017. Yeah, at the beginning of the episode, I told you all about TechMatch and how they focus on digital acceleration. Digital acceleration is a customer and data-centric transformation of an organization's culture, processes, and systems to create revenue opportunities, improve customer engagement, and enable iterative innovation for the future. So if you're struggling with envisioning your digital future, or want to evolve your organization to be able to create new revenue streams, then visit techmatch.co and schedule a time to discuss the possibilities. Now back to the interview. And I know when I talk to others in the industry and they talk about your show with reverence, I mean, in, in, in a very positive way. That's really <laughs> that <is> scary. <laughs> that's scary. No, no, that's, you're the go-to. You're the go-to, you know, it, it's, it's one thing to be able to, uh, to pick up a magazine or to, to go onto someone's website and get the, the latest and greatest. But when you're, you're on a run or you're in your car or, or you're doing your day-to-day, -day, there's no better place to really get the, the, the latest and greatest industry news than uh, that come to your show. And in a, in a uh, light and fun way you guys are great hosts and you compliment each other very well and, and you have great guests on we work we you know i'll be honest with you uh and i because that's just me i have the right to remain dishonest but i don't have the capacity um we started out and and, and if i'm really honest with myself i did this initially to give myself some significance in the marketplace uh and that's where i made my initial mistakes um when you make it about yourself as opposed to making it about your guests, as you said, the content, um, giving someone the platform to speak intelligently about the subject at hand. I learned that after a period of five years that the best shows that we ever had were the ones that I removed myself from, did more facilitating and let somebody else do the work. Um, when I learned that, then the content and quality of our shows started increasing. And, uh, and our hits did as well. If I look at our analytics uh, after year two specifically, it just shot straight up. And the pandemic actually blessed us. Uh, people, you know, didn't have much to do uh, except mm -hmm. sit at home. Uh, <laughs> look at, you know, maybe they took a side gig or a job in order to put food on the table. But basically our industry was shut down. So we were out there campaigning and, and, and doing billboards or whatever we could to try to keep people's mental state up. 
uh, and the hope that we would get back to where we are right now and hopefully graduate to even a better place here in the near future. But that that was the challenge. And um, and we've tried to, to do that every single week. Uh, I think the, the hardest thing we ever tried to do were two shows a week that, you know, and you and you try to do your job. You know, we're, with Don's running a magazine, I'm trying to run uh, the, the sales side of supplies uh, and displays in, in the display industry it is very challenging. So when we moved back to one show a week on Fridays, uh, that seemed to be in our wheelhouse. And we've been pretty successful at doing that. As a fellow podcaster, I can definitely commiserate with the, with the amount of work and, and effort that is to, to, to make sure it is a quality show, that make sure that the content is there, that the people are actually getting value from it. And I just love how you said, if you're, if you're going to be doing podcasting, don't make it about yourself. You need to make it about who the listeners are, who is your audience, make sure you understand who your audience is, and then give them the value, give them the value so that they, they do want to continue to uh, to continue to tune in and check out each and every episode. Obviously, like I said, I, as a podcaster, just like you, I find great value in podcasting. And obviously there's so many more podcasts that continue to pop up out there on every, every topic under the sun for businesses, for those, especially that in the trade show industry, whether they're a supplier or maybe they're an exhibitor, maybe they're, they're a show organizer, would you recommend them giving starting a podcast and if so why uh it's a great question and i do uh, hear it a lot um go it reverts back to one of your questions how did you get started um i i do feel this a couple of things i'll say that uh, i've experienced over this five-year period that i never would have thought i would have experienced um I'm kind of circling around to, to get to your, to answer your question. But um, if you have the ability to present, feel comfortable behind a microphone, which doesn't take a whole lot. Uh, some people feel more comfortable behind a mic, obviously, than they do in front of people. So you, cause you're by yourself, you're not, you don't have that stress and anxiety of people looking at you while you're doing it. Uh, the, and you can, and you have information to share, you have a niche to fill, you can, you feel like it's an avenue that, that you can use to maybe uh, help yourself, but also help uh, listeners, then yes, absolutely. I would, uh, you need some kind of basic uh, form of, of knowledge of how to record things. You know, technology has, has become very, very simple now in that regard. You know, I actually use a free software called Audacity uh, that's been free for years and years and years. That's an easy platform to record off of, even though I have used more complex programs, that one seems to have the bare basis of what you need to record, uh, mix tracks and, and do, you know, I do voiceover work as well. So I'm always mixing uh, sound beds with, with, with voice, so, which is my, my radio background. But even if you don't have that, if you can get the basic knowledge of, of being able to record, then, then you should, you, you could easily do that. One thing I would caution you about that we suffered here on this show, I'm trying to make this as, as brief as possible, but it is important, is you need to think about what you're going to name your show. Uh, it actually turned out to be very uh, interesting. I'll just use that word with the Don and Mike show. Uh, I come from a marketplace that I was unaware that there was a syndicated radio show back in the 80s, uh, 90s, and all the way up into the early 2000s called The Don and Mike Show. Oh, uh, it was based out of Washington, D.C. There were these two, what I will call shock jocks, 
um, if you're familiar with Howard Stern, the Grease Man, all uh, you know, all of those type of, of uh, radio personalities, these were guys who I call it smut radio. You can call it what you want to, but they did it for years and they were very successful. Why? Well, you know, we didn't realize that that was out there until after we had already named our show and we were already started. There were several other Don and Mike shows that were out there as well. People with actual names of Don and Mike. Sure. <laughs> uh, so at the end of the day, uh, I won't give you the ugly, dirty details of that. Um, in 2018, we actually had some banter back and forth with those guys um, who have since retired and they've moved in separate ways. And one of them who went by the name of Mike, his name is actually not even Mike, it's something else. <laughs> but all that being said, um, we came under like vicious attack because they had like a cult following um, in, in that regard. And, and uh, so I say all that to say, may, do your research, <laughs> uh, unlike I, what I did not do. Uh, to make sure that uh, the name is you're not violating trade sh uh, trademarks, which we weren't. Um, and, and, you know, it, turned, it, it died off. So it, it went away. But there for a period of time, we weren't sure if we were going to have to rename because we had swag out there and we had all this other stuff that was going on. So uh, it, but if you do have that ability and equipment and, or invest in Yeti mics and, and mixing boards and, and all that kind of stuff to at least get the essentials down, uh, and, and you have a ability to present, then absolutely, I would highly suggest uh, considering doing your podcast and uh, making sure that the format uh, works for you and for your listener. Great, great advice. And so everyone do your homework. <laughs> if you're considering a podcast, which we strongly uh, suggest you do, it's a great way to build your brand. It's a great way to add value to your listeners, maybe to your customer base. Maybe you're just doing it for your customer base as a value add in whatever business you might be in. Or if it's a way that you want to, you have an area of expertise, an area of interest that you just want to talk about definitely check into it, but do your homework, make sure that you're not uh, violating anything and uh, make sure you, you understand what your investment is going up front. But I will also uh, echo what, uh, what Mike says about audacity as a, as a software. It's the only software I've ever used and it's absolutely free and it is, uh, it will do everything that you need it to do uh, and beyond probably a lot of features you'll never use as well. So, uh, so check that out as well. So th thanks so much, Mike. That was uh, great stuff. Give us uh, one or two quick takeaways for listeners uh, who are today on what is going podcasting, branding, and as as we move forward in the industry. Uh, general takeaways from from our show, what we're seeing are, uh, and we were off mic talking about this a minute ago. Um, the, it's it amazes me how many people actually come up and say this particular show, this particular interview, this particular information I was not aware of. And uh, it, it very much uh, helps uh, with my decisions on what to do. Uh, one of our most recent guests uh, two weeks ago is the president CEO of a company out of the Boston area called Willwork. Uh, Bill Nixon, who's been, who's a veteran in the industry, has a tremendous amount of wisdom, uh, is also owner of Four Productions. And, and the audio side and, and, and several services under that umbrella of will work. And a very respected individual walks up to me at uh, the EDPA Engage middle of the uh, year conference and says, I listen to your show every week. I make it a, you know, a, a staple in my schedule to listen. And I appreciate everything that you and Don do for, uh, for the industry. 
when you get to that point, and I'm not bragging here, first of all, so let me take let me take two steps back and take away any kind of cockiness out of that statement, but it does give it value. And I think that's what everyone is searching for. Uh, if they're going to go down either the webinar slash podcast slash both uh, or whatever type of, of format, your platform you're going to do. Uh, but what I did that I thought was, and it's more or less an extension of Exhibit City News. I can't go further in this interview without saying that we're not where we are today, uh, almost two, a quarter of a million listens on our podcast uh, without, you know, accepting them as a, as a partner. I mean, that's what we are. We're kind of family. You know, there's a lot of divorces happen within less than five years. So for the fact that Don and I call each other once a week, at least, if not more, uh, and have these conversations, interviews and so forth with our with our guests is, is pretty amazing. And I think our, our 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 podcast really developed heavy wheels during the during the pandemic. Off mic a minute ago, we were talking about that. You know, people didn't have much to do, so they would listen to uh, our industry experts. We would bring on to talk about advocacy, to talk about governmental relations. You mentioned in my introduction, I'm a member of several organizations and associations. I think that's imperative at this time for for people in this industry to be involved, if not in several to at least be involved in one or two that will help in your advocacy, you know, your, your advocacy reach uh, in support of this industry. I think it's very important. Finding your niche, finding what works. Uh, if it's, you know, some people do a podcast and it's literally just about their company, that's fine. Uh, I, I think the broader you can reach and maybe get into maybe a subject matter that the, that'll affect more people than just your company. I think that's important. Um but your specialty niche, I think, is important as well. Not everybody's a, a personality. Not everybody can, can pull that off. But if you can share information that somebody can gain advantage of with, then I think that's huge. I think that's why uh, there's one in particular uh, a company out of Chicago called Employco that has been on our show several times. They are an HR agency uh, that deals a lot with a lot of trade show companies, general contractors, for instance, specifically, that have hundreds and hundreds of employees. Um, when they do little these, these little short HR chats, little things like that, uh, they have huge bites of information in there that benefit companies and organizations and even industries. And I think that's what you should look for in, you know, if you're going to start a podcast, what can I bring to the table that I can set in front of my listener and say, this is what uh, this is this is huge. This is what you need to listen to. Last week, for instance, I mentioned where I was in Las Vegas uh, with Circle, uh, our omni-channel uh, guest agency experience company. And a big thing going on right now, you may have heard about ESG, uh, ESG uh, environmental, social, and governance. That is going to become a big factor, not only in our businesses and our trade show, but in also businesses across the board, specifically investment companies and uh, companies that are Fortune 500s that that you know they won't exist without a ESG rating. People won't do business with them. So that type of information, for instance, as an example, we try to bring to the table. So um, circling back to your question is uh, find what information and and uh, content you can bring to a listener that would entice them to start listening on a regular basis to your podcast once it's launched. Yeah, great advice there. 
great takeaways. So everyone may need to rewind that, listen to it again. So a lot of great gems that, that you put. Not in even there. sure what I said to be honest. With you. <laughs> to it was good. It was good. I could I could guarantee that because I was listening. Uh, one one of the things that I, I definitely want to highlight is how you you talked about the importance of associations. And especially going through this past year, associations were never more important to this industry as everything kind of fell apart. And, and us as individuals, we can only do so much. But from an advocacy uh, standpoint, the associations had the voice of many, and they were able to better leverage and go to go onto Capitol Hill, some of them, and really make a, make a statement and uh, make a stand for all of us who, have, who make this industry as, as part of our, our day-to-day. So thank you so much for that. Hey, Mike, tell us about uh, WS Displays real quickly, and then, and then we'll wrap up. WS Display is a 22, approximately year-old company based out of Carlsbad, California, provider of displays and uh, both portable and custom with three locations. We have uh, WS Display Corporate in Carlsbad, California. We have an East Coast facility in Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and also a uh, a facility in uh, Tijuana, Mexico for what we call our One Choice Program, high commodity portable products, as well as a lot of our customers as well. So we're like just about every other company uh, from the supply side now, uh, since the pandemic, uh, we've skinnied up a lot, even though we have our, our three locations, uh, you know, we, we suffer the same uh, challenges that everybody else coming back in the game uh, do provide. But uh, we actually have a very strong base of customers. My role is the national sales director. So I'm pretty much the feet in the street for trade show display companies, uh, retail building companies. Uh, as well as a, a significant number of dis, uh, just general display companies that we sell our products to. So that's what my role is. It has been since 2016. I've been in the industry with us in uh, this industry since 2001. You know, anybody wants to talk to me about that, just uh, hit me up and, and let me know how I can help. So and that leads us right to how is the best way for people to reach out to you? My email address is mike at wsdisplay.com. And also I give you the cell phone because it's the best way for the podcast. You know, if there's people that uh, we have a lot of interesting people that reach out to us and say, can I be on your show? Um, if you go to our web, we have a website. We've had that for a while now. It's uh, the Don and Mike show.net. You can email us there at the Don and Mike show at gmail.com. You can call or text 770-298-0695. It comes straight to me. 24 7 365 um and it's amazing how many people actually bring to light uh, like just like you did you know hey we got a podcast let's talk you know and uh we added your podcast on a related podcast tab on our website so and there's probably a dozen or so of those that and still growing uh, on a weekly basis as we find out about more podcasts that are out there uh, we add them straight to that list so people can go and use that as a source to listen. But to answer your question, those are probably the best ways to get me. Uh, if you call me and you get my voicemail, please leave a voicemail so that I can return the call. I would consider it very important. Being the only feet in the street uh, it has its challenges and uh, trying to spread yourself thin like uh, butter. So, uh, But I, I look forward to speaking to as many people as possible that might be interested in the Don and Mike show or WS display. Awesome. And I will drop all of the contact information right in the show notes. So hit that show notes button and you will get all of that. And Mike, thank you so much for 
taking the time out, joining me today, talking about the podcast, talking about podcasting and the power of podcasting and giving us a little bit of an update as to where the industry stands right now. And for doing that every single week on, on the Donna Mike show. So everyone, please check out the Donna Mike show and subscribe there. But thanks again for, for joining me. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, it's my pleasure. And everyone continue to get excited about what is happening in the industry as we go back live and act quickly for those shows that are out in the future. Understand that lead times might be an issue for if you want some new display pieces, new collateral, anything like that. So do that and check out is podcasting good for you and for your business? It could mean a great deal of benefit in your branding as you move forward. So thanks again, everybody. Continue to come back here to campus every week here at Trade Show University. I hope you got a ton of value out of that episode and that interview or any of the episodes. And if you have, I encourage you and I would, it would greatly appreciate if you could leave a rating and review. So if you're on Apple or Spotify or anywhere else where you could leave a rating and review, scroll down, do that for me. That would be just amazing and it will help other people to get to know more about Trade Show University. And also get over to tradeshowu.biz and sign up for the newsletter. I've got a free gift just for you, just for signing up. So go visit tradeshowu.biz.